everybody. Welcome to the What Is Money Show. I am thrilled to have you here joining me on my mission to help shine light on the corruption of money. Now, a little bit about this show and how it makes money. We are 100% sponsor-based, which means that all the revenues we derive come from sponsorships. But I try to be very selective about the sponsors that I work with, specifically trying to choose those who have values well aligned to the values expressed on this show, like freedom, education, self-sovereignty, etc. So what I'm going to do is a few ad reads right here at the top of the show and then a few ad, ad reads in the middle. And I hope you won't skip them. I hope you'll take the time, listen and see what they have to offer, because again, these are hand selected sponsors. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Swan Private. Swan Private is a concierge financial services firm based in Los Angeles. Now, I've known the Swan team for years, and these guys are laser focused on the Bitcoin mission. They even have a zero tolerance policy for all shitcoining. Recently, their CEO, Corey Clipston, was instrumental in calling out many of these crypto scams right before they collapsed, saving a lot of people a lot of money in the process. Swan Private focuses on guiding high net worth individuals and businesses on all aspects of Bitcoin strategy, including buying, custodying, and market research. This concierge service provides you direct access to a private advisor by text, phone, or email. So go to swanprivate.com slash breedlove today to sign up. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Ledin. Ledin lets you do more with your digital assets. For instance, Ledin offers a B2X loan product that lets you leverage your existing Bitcoin to buy even more Bitcoin. Or you can also get traditional Bitcoin collateralized US dollar loans through Ledin as well. Ledin also offers both Bitcoin and USDC denominated savings accounts, letting you generate yield on your digital assets. Recently, Ledin has launched a Bitcoin mortgage product as well that lets you use Bitcoin to buy a home or finance one that you already own. So go to Ledin.io, that's L-E-D-N.io today to sign up. Chris Sullivan, welcome back to the What Is Money Show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here. Wish the circumstances were better, obviously, my friend. Yeah, pretty bleak uh, as we sit recording this on November 13th, 2022. Um, we are in the wake of the FTX slash Alameda collapse. And there's a lot of uncertainty, confusion, questions. And hopefully our conversation today can help bring some clarity for people. So you've been on the show before. Uh, you run a fund in the space uh your wall street background so chris what in the hell is going on here um an infinity of things um i think first I, i'd say like our fund has prided ourselves on underwriting you know we're we're pretty solid at tech um our team built the first oms ems system for crypto uh one of our partners uh founding partners you know, had a hand in the arms race with HFT. So we've very, we've very been very fortunate to avoid a lot of the unfortunate mishaps that have happened only through centralized companies, right? And you, you could, we can discuss rug pulls, and that's a whole other thing that shouldn't occur in our space. But as far as risks associated with centralizing your assets, right? Um, my fund and firm have, have luckily avoided that. And then people have made fun of us for not trading with. Uh, Alameda and FTX. Um, they just didn't pass any of our underwriting. And I can get into how I underwrite that personally, how the firm underwrites that as well. But I think the moral of the story is two things. Num number one, you can't trust anything but code, right? And then number two, not your keys, not your crypto is not good enough, right? Yes, it's a fact. But if we want businesses supporting the, the ecosystem to survive if we want to embolden the the investor base the asset protection base and the adoption curve we need to do better than not your keys not your crypto that is an unacceptable um discompassionate response because you, you, the uis need to improve and not everybody's like us robert where we're diehard freedom maximalists we want to be 
full of self-sovereignty and we accept the risks that come with it. Like my NAV of my, my supposed dollar-based net worth is tanked because I, I don't want to sell. I accumulate, right? And then our fund has had you know non-quantitative type uh, out of sample drawdown unrelated to to technical analysis, quantitative analysis, cycle analysis, et cetera, because these are, you know, shocks that occur because of human error. And it, it, we needed a cleansing and a correction, but we didn't need this kind of stuff. Fraud, waste, and abuse and, and law-breaking is not acceptable. Yeah, and it's, I mean, this is on the back of, obviously, Terra Luna, Celsius, all these other collapses we've seen this year. Um but let's discuss the differences, Robert. Forgive me for interrupting. Like Terra Luna, for lack of a better word, was a fancy Ponzi, anyways, right? But it got attacked and then had a run. They they didn't defraud anyone. They didn't mislead anyone. The 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 algorithm that tied to the token was just a bad way to do things, and it was basically it's going to work until it didn't work. The network was attacked, and you had a panic and. It was a good old-fashioned kind of bank run, right? Um, the the Celsius Voyager, et cetera, those were they they told you they could borrow your deposits and they made bad trades and acted like fools and were stupid. But that's that's wholly different, in my opinion, when you appraise this situation, where a very large global centralized exchange that had the promotion of the media, you know, Bloomberg and Forbes had him on 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 covers. You had him uh, and and them ftx is a world economic forum corporate uh sponsored entity right they're right they were still right on their webpage uh this morning i actually checked um so how is the public supposed to know not to trust that right sitting with billy bob and and tony blair at a conference you know as much as i know and you know to look at that go well i don't know if i trust him um you know and, and then the legal agreement right so it's not the user base fault for being dumb or stupid maybe on celsius maybe on luna they should have you know buyer beware but on this specific instance i think that it just highlights all of the risks of centralization all 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 in one yeah i agree and it seems to me like this is why crypto has become such a dirty word and you know i'm not super studied on the specifics of these collapses the differences between them but i think the general principle here for me is uh, a bank run is only possible inside of a fractional reserve banking model. So all of these operations that are running a fractional reserve are fraudulent to the core. I don't care if it's algorithmic or it's or legal. Yeah, legal. It doesn't really matter. You're you're misrepresenting what you actually have. And then when you combine, I mean, obviously that's leverage there. But then you combine other leveraged directional bets, just lead to blowups. Right when when the tide goes out, you see who's swimming naked i think as buffett said so yeah um okay on the specifics of what happened here can you just like walk us through like what what position what was ftx and what was the relationship i guess between ftx and alameda what was the uh the flow of funds that was going on between them and then what is it that led to this sudden collapse like what mechanically what happened here to cause this unwind so there are relationships that market makers have with exchanges to provide liquidity. Uh, providing liquidity in and of itself, not a bad thing, right? It's it's healthy and liquidity begets more liquidity. That's a common trading phrase. And and you want users that come on to buy and sell to be able to effectively do that at, at a good price, right? When we were getting into it, you know, seven years ago or so, the, the distortions per jurisdiction and the arbitrage that was capable highlighted that there wasn't a lot of market making and people who knew how to take advantage of those pricing discrepancies could profit widely at the expense of the users in that specific jurisdiction. So on the surface, it's a good thing, but, you know, I, I think I'll, I'll try and highlight what, what we know to be facts and believe to be facts and not push in any conjecture or personal subjective opinion, but basically long and short of it is an exchange purchased what was a failed hedge fund initially and and a market making firm that had assets all over the place right whether it was market making individual tokens and and perhaps were doing those for for profit contracts which is maybe not 
a very kosher thing to do, or they were doing it offshore, getting rebates that are volume based, um, which I'm not against because that's a capital sin to get paid to provide a service. But I think it wasn't appropriately disclosed, at least in in what I would say is the U.S. entity of FTX. And it leads to collusion, which is what we saw. Okay, so if they were really good at what they were doing, market making is not necessarily directional, right? In short durations, it is. So how are they losing money to where they required this degree of bailout where eight to 10 billion of client capital was then shifted out of the exchange to the market making firm? So you're saying when FTX was losing money? Alameda. Alameda, okay. Because it, it appears to me that the, the root source of this was really too two-sided. They must have lost enough money or needed money or they were stealing money to require the money to sweep from the exchange to the maker. And then the, the run on FTT token, which for all, all of you listening, probably ought not to have your assets on an exchange that has an exchange token. That's like red flag number one, by the way. Right. Um, there's no use case. There's no utility. It, it's highly centralized. It's permission. Like th there's literally no point for it to exist. So please, please check where you have your assets and, and do not endorse support or trade on exchanges that have them. And uh, and I'm not saying BNB, which is Binance Coin. That's not the exchange's token. That's a layer one asset, right? So it's, that's not the same thing. Um, sorry, I know I diatribed there for a second. No, no, that's, I mean, I we frequently suggest no one keep any Bitcoin on an exchange ever other than to transact and get off, right? Um, yeah. So and, go ahead. You know, who who's a, a steward of capital and a gentleman is is a CEO or former CEO of Kraken, Jesse Powell, where he says exactly what you just said, right? And they're an intermediary to provide a, a buying and selling function. Mm -hmm. That's who I, I mean, I have assets there. I'll, I'll disclose their Gemini, Binance and Coinbase as the only, you know, centralized exchanges I've done business with the last mm -hmm. you know, five, six years. Um, and you want to be able to have the, the, I guess the the similar ideals and values as the people you're doing business with. Like this is what's lost in private equity and venture and even hedge fund investing and then platform investing is that the people and the culture of those people matter, right? Not just the dollar sign. And this is a this is a great example of how the quote unquote smart money got leveled because they became either victims of FOMO or they wanted to invest in equity that's that's not going to print an NAV every month. So they're not going to see the volatility of the underlying crypto, whatever their impetus was for investing, this penalized that greatly. Mm. And a lot of good actors in the space like us and, and I would say Pantera and, and other good exchanges like, like Bitstamp that are very simple. Bitstamp is one of the eldest exchanges. They're all suffering. We're all suffering because of the actions of a few. Mm. Yeah. I mean, uh Again, just keeps reiterating the point for me to just be focused on Bitcoin. Uh, the rest of it is uh, a distraction at best and a delay or Im impedance at worst on, on overall Bitcoinization. So I think you were talking about the run on the FTT token and how that played into things. What, can you just describe what that even means? Like some people might yeah, not even know yes. what run on a token means. Run on a token means basically like panic sell, right? Um and, you know, you could attribute some of this to the saber rattling between FTX and, and Binance or CZ and S SBF or whatever. But the, the the fact of the matter remains, there was a retard, excuse me, a very bold and not very smart move by FTX Alameda et al. That once that token started tanking to put all their efforts into defending that. And I think it was around 20 or 22, and then it goes to two, right? And okay, there, there's the event that wipes out capital, and they likely use leverage to do that. And then post that event, then the money sweeps over to them. That seems to be the timeline. The, the depositor's money. Correct. That seems to be the timeline that fits with the on-chain analytics. You know, I'll, I'll defer to the experts at chain analysis and the regulators to at least further confirm that, because these wallets obviously don't have names on them. 
Um, but I think it, it's very apparent the couple key actions that really made it a lot worse than it had to be. And wasn't there, I read this, that there was supposedly a mysterious $1 billion hack in air quotes, like immediately before this collapse. <clears throat> so a billion, a billion of the assets vanished. Do you know anything about that? Yeah, I, you know, I think there was maybe not before, but possibly after the event. Um, there definitely was a, some movement over the last 48 hours post awareness of, of the event. Um, somewhere totaling, you know, 600 to a, bit, a billion. And even speaking of Kraken, they they called it out. They can identify who it was. My understanding is, is that the top three executives and perhaps SPF's father are in custody or being watched in the Bahamas currently. And hopefully they're all put in jail. Um, so I, I don't, the timing of us watching and monitoring the Wallace do not synchronize with the event occurring ahead of time. But this was such a foobar cluster F right. that it's really hard because one of the things that I'd like answers to is like, okay, well, the lion's share of people's deposits were in Bitcoin and Ethereum. How the heck did they, because you can't see any cells on the tape at that magnitude to then liquefy that to go defend FTT. So there's a lot of a lot of movement and a lot of collateralization that occurred that we, we need answers on and that are not very transparent, even to people like us. Interesting. Now, you said uh, before we got online here that you had noticed unnatural trading activity or price action on FTX when you, I guess your firm was doing diligence on using them as a trading venue. Can you describe what that means? What is natural price action or trading activity versus unnatural? So it'll sound like it's hocus pocus, right? But so natural price action has fractals and curves. Fractals meaning like how does a price subdivide, right? And curves meaning the sine waves, very simply. Um, There's really only so many types and and so many subdivisions and so many impulses or corrections that can occur with or against a trend. And if you've got a a downtrend established, it should look one of three to five ways. And if an uptrend is established, it looks one of three to five ways. And there are patterns, right? I mean, we, we code pattern recognition, right? How do we know what how to recognize patterns because they keep repeating. So unnatural price action is something that is outside the bounds of that and outside of probability distribution of a price range, for example. You can have shocks, whether they're a supply shock in oil, uh, a sell shock in FTT, like we saw a bank bank run. But the, the unnaturalness that I'm describing was way before any of this stuff. And I would attribute some of it, if not all, to the perpetual futures markets, which are on FTX Global, not US. Now, the CFTC did a good job a few years ago saying, these are illegal swap contracts. Code word, effing bullshit, right? First off, the the community needs to bar and ban all non-in-kind synthetic derivatives that do not accrete value to the space. Why does a perpetual future exist, Robert? What the fuck is a perpetual? We're all going to live forever? (laughs) I mean, give me a freaking break. This is embarrassing. I'm ashamed for the freaking space. You and I devoted our lives and our families' well-being to this stuff to get out of over-financialization. And here we are after just a few years of big money coming in on the venture side and all these firms exploding up. We we went over-financialized instantly, and it's a laughingstock now. Mm-hmm. It is embarrassed and I'm ashamed. And I challenge the crypto community to do a, a big and bold move and self-regulate, create a SRO, self-regulatory organization, not some BS committee or agency that's going for adoption and acceptance. We don't need any of that. We need to self-govern in a way that will invite people into the space. Mm-hmm. And no amount of SEC or CFTC regulation is going to give us that benefit because, oh, hey, bud. Did that prevent the panic of 1907? No. Did it prevent the panic of 1929? Nope. Did it prevent 1937? Nope. You want me to keep going? Hmm. 68, 77, 82, 87, 2000, 2008. Did regulation prevent any of that? No. But we had the same cyclical human ridiculousness that we can avoid in, in arguably some of the best code ever written, which is Bitcoin. And and pull ourselves out of that. 
Mm. Like, I'm totally fine with losing by being wrong or having price action, cyclical price action dictate what the NAV of my net worth is over time. But I'm not okay with something that was built to leave one system, then becoming that system. Mm. And the the evidence to my team and myself about FTX specifically is that they were part of that, right? You had very young people. I'm not shitting on young people. I wish I was younger. Um, <laughs> you had very young people unworthy of capital, which then you go, well, why the hell did all these people give them capital? Maybe this whole thing was a ruse and on purpose. Well, that that's possible too. But let's deal in, in known facts for the time being and just say like, we shouldn't have allowed all of this action to occur to that sets up the possibility of this event right agreed and yeah uh, the self-regulatory body we need something there i guess i guess it needs to be formalized uh, again highlighting the value of bitcoin toxicity here as that self-regulatory function thus far uh, it seems to be this culturally emergent immune system to a lot of this bullshit and and the only thing that saved a lot of people a lot of money so have to call that out um now what you were saying there at the end so ftx was losing money this is prior to all of this maybe this is alameda i'm not sure which is which so yeah, it, it, it's blurred right it is blurred. yeah they're losing money consistently yet somehow they always had a really healthy balance sheet i think is what you mentioned so what how is that possible you can't keep yeah, losing it, money and have a healthy balance sheet so is that is that misrepresentation what's going on i here? think i think so and it's difficult to see like you know we we know the assets that ftx has which includes 400 something million of Robinhood, which is insane um wait what crypto advocate owns stock of a company that really harmed the retail trading industry for equities a anyways that's a whole nother ballgame but it's very difficult because the balance sheet of the market maker isn't disclosed and not required to be disclosed. Right. So it's just assuming that when they went to defend the FTT token, that's where money was lost. And then the transfer of client assets to collateralize or trade with occurred. Then everybody was aware via, you know, all the tweets and the Bloomberg updates, da, 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 there's no bailout. Okay. Well then we're going to pull all the money out of the exchange, which people should do. And it's done. And really, like, people should be asking not why something happened, asked how it happens, the mechanics of those, those transfers, the interplay, the convexity, all of that matters. And the timing, the why doesn't matter, like, deal with the why afterwards, focus on how. And, you know, there are relationships that need to be investigated. There, there are op opportunities for collusion across the whole thing. And, and then the other thing that struck me as really interesting is that a few days before this, you know, one of our friends who was one of the founders of the MakerDAO mysteriously died. Hmm. And I don't, we don't know if it's correlated or not, but, you know, there's a lot of good actors in the crypto space. I would consider him one of them that may have uncovered these types of shenanigans ahead of time. Wow. Um, well, uh, so, okay. At the end of the day, FTX and or Alameda, they get liquidated, right? That's effectively what happened here. That's what vaporized all of this thing and put, uh, Sam Bankman freed into personal bankruptcy. Mm -hmm. What actual collateral was sold and who was, who were they borrowing? I assume they're borrowing from a lot of different institutions or organizations, they got liquidated across the board. And then what was the collateral being sold? Is this Bitcoin plus other crypto assets? Or is it mostly just Bitcoin? Yeah, it was Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Solana looked like the three most sold because now what sits on uh, FTX balance sheet, at least what was disclosed, doesn't really include much of, of either Bitcoin and Ethereum. Um, there's still some Solana. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I, I think those were just victims of being that the assets that were held. I think there there's definitely some tether uh, exposure that was there and there was really some weird action in the perpetual futures on usdt where there was heavy shorting which dislocated the price by about six percent again what is usdt it's a cash equivalent backed stable coin right 
the ratio of how, I mean, if they're 80, 90%, awesome. Good for them. Cause that's 99% better than the dollar or any other fiat. Mm-hmm. But think, think about it. A perpetual future exists on that to buy, buy and sell a future of the stable coin. Like the guys, come on. Like big money is looking at this going, you're, you're, you're imbeciles. You, you now have done exactly what the banks and, and broker dealers and desks have done to credit markets. There's 2.49 quadrillion credit derivatives right now. That can nuke the system in one hour. But, you know, oh, by the way, guess what crypto doesn't have? Daddy central banks papering over shit constantly. Case in point, a couple of weeks ago, oh, 11.4 something billion swap line to Switzerland. Wonder which bank they were bailing out. You know, I mean, people have to recognize that Mm. if you want to replace this system, you better A, be worthy of it. B, have the tech apparatus to receive the capital from it. And C, not screw up by copying it. And uh, forgive me for being upset, but this is something that could have been obviously avoided. A lot of people, good people were hurt by this. And we, the space deserves better if, if they're going to survive. The, and, and meanwhile, as a, as a Bitcoin fan, it's taken more abuse than I could ever see imaginable. I bought a ton on, uh, what was it, the 9th, 10th when it dipped below 16. And I'm going to do that till the cows come home. But this is showing a lot of indestructible, indestructible features of the space itself. Like DeFi, we could highlight as well. The... I want to. You said something there that eleven point four billion that went out to Switzerland. I think on on the Swift swap line. I FX assume swap line. this was to bail out Credit Suisse. Is that what you're referring to? Yes. I. You well, know, can we, we talk about that? Of- what was like? Because that was a very hot topic a few weeks ago, and I, I haven't heard about it since. So, did Credit Suisse get its act together after some money moved its way or what happened there? Well, I mean, if you get that much cash infusion, it'd take you a while to burn through that, I would assume. Um, you know, what's difficult about the, the, the most difficult thing about the TradFi system is understanding facts and truth, right? Did Could you monitor that? Is there two trillion plus in repo since August of 2019? God knows what that money's doing. Mm-hmm. Um, yes, but then did they telegraph, hey, yeah, we had to bail out Credit Suisse. Well, why does the US central bank have to bail out a isn't wait isn't bis the head of it in in switzerland like mm-hmm. why don't they do it so there's a lot of questions that opacity creates we're never going to get a yeah we did that hmm. right i mean take take nickel futures right and the lme in march whose money when it went and took out potentially jp morgan everybody's bankrupt including the lme well they froze it stole all the longs money right because when when that thing cratered that was people who were in long positions who then couldn't monetize those highs. They stole their money from them effectively. And the price corrected enough. It was about 40% in five days to where they weren't insolvent anymore. Oh, go back a year, January. That's what GameStop almost did. Mm. So think these are known knowns that have nearly taken down the TradFi system that in some senses are even more ridiculous and silly as, as Celsius and Voyager at all or three AC and, and and Luna because those are those are stupidity moves. These these are you know exchanges that have been around 100 plus years, but they just get bailed out by the central banks. No one litigates on behalf of the the hedge funds and commodity producers that were long nickel, or no one's litigating for the GameStop holders or the company itself. It it's it's just complete bullshit. Mm. So we are over in our space, which is property rights, self sovereignty, and and freedom and yet we get this example that derails that right in everybody's face it doesn't derail the code of the premise but it derails the psychology yeah the psychology is interesting because i've received more than one text people saying like what's going on all this crypto stuff they they equate it with bitcoin right ftx right it has nothing to do with it yeah they think ftx is somehow part of bitcoin and there's just so much information asymmetry that remains um and i guess we really need to clear that up to get things going in the right direction now i'd like to tell you about our sponsor crowd health crowd health is a bitcoin enabled alternative to legacy health insurance now let's face it legacy health insurance is an absolute scam nobody can explain this better than the legendary comedian chris rock insurance you got to have some insurance 
You got to. There's an insurance. They shouldn't even call it insurance. They should just call it in case shit. <laughs> like, I give a company some money in case shit happens. <laughs> now, if shit don't happen, shouldn't I get my money back? <laughs> so with CrowdHealth, instead of just paying premiums that you'll never see again, you can hold part of this pool of savings in dollars and in Bitcoin through CrowdHealth. And when you have a health event, you can draw against this pool of communal savings. So go to joincrowdhealth.com slash breedlove to learn more or sign up. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Wasabi Wallet. Wasabi lets you use Bitcoin privately while still maintaining full control over your money. Specifically, Wasabi Wallet is an open-source, non-custodial wallet with privacy built in by default. By using Wasabi, you're effectively putting the private back in private property. Wasabi Wallet is an easy-to-use privacy wallet that can support any amount of Bitcoin transactions. So, go to wasabiwallet.io today to download this state-of-the-art wallet software. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Masterworks. Masterworks gives you access to the fine art market at more affordable price points. They do this by offering you fractional shares in their $500 million portfolio of fine art. Now, fine art is an alternative asset class, and historically, it's been a great performer and a really good hedge against inflation. Most investors typically hold anywhere from 2 to 10% of their assets in an asset like fine art. To sign up or learn more, go to masterworks.com and use promo code BREEDLOVE. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor, Casa. Casa makes it simple to buy and secure your Bitcoin without wondering whether you're doing it right. Specifically, Casa provides a multi-key custody solution, which is by far the most secure way to custody your Bitcoin. Now when I talk about Bitcoin being theft-proof money or inviolable private property, a multi-key custody model is exactly what I am talking about. Using multiple keys lets you maintain full control of your Bitcoin while also giving you redundancy in case you lose one of the keys. It's also the best way to secure your Bitcoin for inheritance planning purposes. So go to keys.casa, that's C-A-S-A, -A, today to sign up and use discount code BREEDLOVE. All right, you mentioned that you tell me what what how you said this you had an intuition or perhaps even some evidence that some of this was on purpose i don't i don't know what you're referring to exactly if that if you meant internally people were trying to drive ftx into the ground or maybe externally someone was what did you mean by that comment that well so I, but it was you know intuition this is subjective opinion uh, and analysis of, of mm -hmm. the situation but that's based off known facts what do we know that ukraine was getting crypto donations from FTX. And then did the money route back to the exchange and was that now lost? Did it go to to political action committees? That needs to be uncovered and investigated. Then the, the, the literal appearance from someone who was an intern at a big market making firm, I won't, they're a great firm, I won't belittle them with the name association here. And now all of a sudden he's a billionaire. Somebody funded him and, and there was a great, re, you know, research piece that Mark Cahodes did weeks before this even happened that anybody who's good at forensically looking at a company's balance sheet auditing them and then becoming a bear and shorting it right those kind of people are skeptics and contrarians that that's the, exactly how my team thinks someone who's not crypto savvy and knows all about blockchain like we do thought that just on the genesis of who the hell funded him out the gate right and then Alameda existed before FTX and essentially had multiple iterations where none of them were economically viable, meaning a good business model. And there was failure after failure, yet funding keeps being provided. So that makes me skeptical right out the gate. Um, so that, that's what I was referring to, from the genesis of it to its explosion to now it's the second or third largest exchange, blah, blah, blah. Um, that You can't trust that movement because it's not natural and it's not organic, right? Nothing was earned. And then, wait a minute, he's Warren Buffett? Really? If I was Warren, I'd be livid that Forbes or Bloomberg Magazine, you know, or Newsweek or whoever called him that. You know, I mean, it, it. so 
the media, as we know, 90% of what they say is false, if not 99. Some some agenda was playing out that we may not ever know of. My my gut instinct and intuition based on the facts and the fact pattern just speak to there being the possibility of that. Hmm. Um, you know, and then the, the the tokens that were being pushed by them, you know, and this is a warning to to the public that, you know, a, a venture-backed token that is not you know, held in distribution properly by management is, you know, has a potential for a rug pull. And I think the, the key things on the network, you want it to be permissioned first, because it's got to have that that view and movement to permission lists. And this is obviously talking about shit coins, Robert, not Bitcoin. Um, but I'm, know, I'm trying to make me nervous. Just <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, you know, you just want a pathway to being permissionless. You want a healthy market for tokens, which means the insiders, if they dump it all, it's obviously a rug pull. If they hold it all, then it could be dumped later. So you just have to balance and weigh the risks and understand that what am I really here for anyways, right? Bitcoin accomplishes 90% of what should be accomplished. And then Ethereum already accomplished the other 10%. Mm. And I'm not you know, saying that should be anybody's allocation. And there are some great L1s like, like, like Avalanche, but what are you here to do? Are you here to disrupt the existing fiat-based <clears throat> fractional reserve system that we are all slaves of still? Or do you want equity-like pink sheet IPO blah, blah, blah bullshit that doesn't have a use case, doesn't solve a specific function in, in the TradFi space or in the commerce space just to be a pump and dump? Like there's... 18,000 tokens, give or take, 17,000 of them need to go away. This yeah. actually makes Doge look good, Robert. Right. Like that That's hilarious. Because it's basically just a betting vehicle, and I'm not against betting vehicles. It's just not an investment. Yeah, that's what, it, I mean, so we agree directionally, maybe just not to the same degree. I, especially after these past few months, have just become so emboldened in the Bitcoin-only thesis. That, even, and I'm not saying I'm I always will reserve the humility to say that there may be things out there that I don't understand that could be successful. Obviously, I'm not studying this anymore, but it's very useful for me to just focus on Bitcoin and assume everything else is a scam. And well, no kidding, because it's nothing compares to it with in that regard. Well, that that it's an incomparable asset, but there's also this gigantic moral and ethical imperative related to bitcoin that cannot possibly be related to any other project so it's like even if there was some key innovation there i don't think it can hold a candle to global digital non-state money and i don't think it could ever be as beneficial to humanity as bitcoin promises to be so and this is why no, you know it's the bitcoin toxicity thing again it's like saying that in a much harsher way, you know, have fun staying yeah. poor, whatever. They try to sum all that so, up and, and um, I mean, well, I guess poor, poor, still relative. Right. I, so I would challenge, and I'm with you a thousand percent. I challenge what, what's left is that I challenge the Bitcoin community. This is kind of on you and I a little bit to, to help with this. We want to really get ahead of things. Let's solve for the last happening now. Because let's have the debate now. Is it going to be supply increase, which then I'm out because that changes the whole thing? Or is it more appropriate to do transaction fees to support the network, right? To incentivize the network. Let's let's get ahead of that now. Let's embolden and 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 assist layer twos being on built on top of Bitcoin so that every aspect of the Bitcoin promise and thesis is realized, not five years from now, not in 2040, not 2024, the next happening. Now. Right, and I'm happy to be a part of any dialogue. I'll, I'll donate all my time uh, uh, for the SRO, but I think we need to solve for the end state now. And the end state is all of Bitcoin's mind. We have to have an incentive, like the miners have right now, mm -hmm. to secure blocks and secure the network to make it keep turning. And to me, that answers transaction costs, transaction fees, right? Which I believe is what the protocol is essentially doing now, right? It's slowly lowering block subsidy over time and increasing the allocation of transaction fees. Um, 
but fair enough. Yeah, we have to figure that out. But that is the year 2140. So I like that I, you're thinking I'm, ahead. I like low time preference. <laughs> but uh, but that, that's how I think as an investor and, yeah, and the low time right. preference. Exactly. Like I want to know all the you know known unknowns, right? Because the unknown unknowns, we're not going to know. Yeah. So if we address them honestly, have a good discourse, a healthy debate about them, all that can benefit if our community does that, since most of our community is good human beings with great values, great ethics, and are selfless. That's the thing that this community really needs to have is selflessness. Mm. There's too much selfishness in the space the last couple of years. Mm. And by being selfless and reflecting, we then can actually embolden the uses of this, mm. right? We we already know it and we've already used it. So we're not trying to convince you and I, we're trying to embolden others who have been downtrodden by what they've experienced. I mean, we've all been under the mass formation psychosis for years now, man. You had a great piece. I forgot the scientist's name, but he's awesome. Oh, um, Matthias Desmond. Yeah. Yeah, he's brilliant. So we, if we're kinder and gentler to everyone and have some empathy and sympathy, but also give fact-based uh, arguments and, and have fact-based debates, and yeah. we're just going to push it further. Well, this is, again, where I love the idea of Bitcoin being kind of a unity of selfishness and selflessness. Right? You can stack sat selfishly and increase your net worth and hold this ultimate asset. But it's also creating a selfless outcome and that it's defunding the institution of killing, stealing, and destroying we call government. So it's a real, just by saving in Bitcoin, you can kind of do both at the same time. And that seems to be pretty important because I agree with selflessness, but we also have to be self-interested. That's what keeps things honest, right? You, Ayn Rand has written about this, the virtues of selfishness, she calls it. Um, but ultimately we are we're economic actors, we're animals, we got to eat, we need shelter, all these things. We have to satisfy our own self-interest before we can engage in selfless activities. Yeah, um, I was speaking more specifically about the communities, call it outreach and, and right. solving more than, obviously, I'm trying to accumulate as much as I possibly can too. So that is so <laughs> much, right? I mean, so, uh, yeah. Without going down that rabbit hole, let's. I, would, I do want to talk about Mr. Bankman-Fried a little bit more. And I'd like to speak judgmentally for a minute, actually. I didn't watch much. I didn't, I don't think I'd seen him on video prior to this whole debacle. I don't consume a lot of audio or video content, but I've now been paying attention to a couple of clips with him. And why did anyone trust this guy in the first place? I mean, he seems very kind of over-medicated and snaky. And I don't know. I just don't trust someone that is... I don't know. I get very bad vibes from him. Extremely bad vibes. Yet a lot of people have reported him seeming to appear very trustworthy. And then, like you said, the next Buffett, all of these things. So is he just playing to a perception that I'm not seeing? Like, how did what how did he pull the wool over people's eyes? Because he looks like quite a charlatan to me. I think he had help, Robert, to your point. Like it, it just doesn't make sense without that. Um, you know, and I'd even like an audit of all the so-called smart money that put money in that supposedly lost. Like, cause I, I think when you're, when you're looking at, Hey, I want to diversify, uh, where I trade and I, I spend the time to do KYC and AML and onboard and exchange. And you're like, Oh, well, Sequoia and Andres Horace and, and the pension fund and this, that, and the other. And then wait a minute, he's Warren Buffett. Okay. Well, I'm going to go open an account. Like if they didn't invest that money and that was all fake too, then you know, th there's just a lot more to potentially unpack there. And I think you can't put it on the, you know, general public that it's their fault for, for thinking that they can't trust those types of capital sources. Right. And, and it, it, it again, speaks to Bitcoin and it speaks to DeFi, you know, people should, I advocate spending time. If you DeFi has already solved for the sort of collateralization and trade financing side, whether it's compound Aave Uniswap, right. And then Bitcoin is a reserve asset. It embodies property rights. So use them. Don't don't anchor to one venue that's centralized and think that there's not going to be any harm. Although I sympathize with people who bought into it. But appraising him as a human being, like why we even did such due diligence was, all right, we don't get it. 
All right, show us the wallet. Show us it's segregated. Oh, your omnibus, go go f yourself. Oh wait, your your order book, I can't make two cents of it. It's crossing. They're spoofing this, that, and the other. I'm not trading there. You know all of that shit we saw and Odin wrote for years. Like we're not going to trade there. I'm not going to put assets there. We're not going to put client assets there. And we kept we told a few folks like, hey, maybe you shouldn't do it. And we were laughed at. Robert, we're laughed at. I, it constantly. I almost hate when I'm right. Because somehow it always correlates to not making more money. <laughs> but our, our values, our ethics, our processes, our discipline are sound. And we'll stand by it, live and die by it. And then your intuition when looking at him, how the hell did anybody trust him? Right. It's because you're a good man and, and you also share that. You and I share that collectively. It doesn't make any sense. And that's so, why a lot needs to be uncovered and unpacked here more than what we currently know. Right. And so you're saying that you ran your standard diligence or risk assessment model on FTX as a venue, it did not pass for some of these glaringly obvious reasons. Maybe not glaring, maybe that's too strong of a word, but you well, looked where you should you looked where yeah. you should look and you saw what you didn't want to see. So you chose not to use FTX as a venue. Yet other big money shops cut huge checks into FTX. So does that mean they were not doing these kind of standard due diligence procedures? Like what that doesn't seem to make sense to me at all, actually, because typically they're very stringent on the diligence procedures. So the fact that it didn't clear your diligence process, but it did clear who? BlackRock, Sequoia, Van Elk, who all, who all had money in? Canadian well, pensioners. Then, you know, they didn't write us huge checks and, I, you know, we'll pass every level of due diligence and background check and whatnot. But I, I can't, I don't want to throw them all under the bus generally, but what I know of venture capital investing or that echelon of venture capital investing, they really weren't doing due diligence as it were shotgun the money into it where you're competing over who does the least amount of due diligence and then get the money. Um, you know, I, I would assume most of them are victims, right? But at the same time, that group, you know. Well, it doesn't I, seem to be a victim. If I was getting it more like they're not handling their business. That's that's the active oh, oh, part on. of their business. But they they should have done that clearly. And we don't know that they haven't. But if they had, I'd, I'd find it very difficult to believe they would not come to the same conclusion we did. Right. So that, that in, in my mind, kind of reinforces this idea of it being purposeful or something. Push someone pushing from behind the scenes, because otherwise. This thing would have never cleared basic diligence. <laughs> that's a pretty pretty low well, bar for for not getting those types of investments like because i always would go bull bear and argue both points the only thing i could think of that would argue against that is like there was a moment where it where it pivoted to bad which may have been a few weeks ago a few months ago however i still can't rectify or or really find the genesis story to make sense either right so i i, I still have that gray and and, and vagary because Okay, if we assume that they did do it and it was initially fine and it got bad, uh, maybe starting in May-ish, everybody's losing money and, and over collateralizing because they're trying to get it back. Da, da, da. Um, but even if that's my assumption, it's not like we did due diligence in May. We did it when you know, mm -hmm. it started. So, right. And then the genesis story of who funded the kid. Right. Who funded them. And then wait a minute. You genius Silicon Valley folks, you're going to trust mid twenties, late twenties people to operate a business properly. Like I just can't, I can't fathom it. So mm. it's hairy there. There's a lot to unpack. None of it makes sense. And it's completely illogical, which then leads us to go, well, what did they just set this up mm. or go, go, go like max rabbit hole. Did someone, is he a patsy for somebody else? Right. Right. That's, I'm not saying it's a high probability or it's what I think, but that's in the realm of like possibilities. That's possible. Okay. Who would have benefited from all of this? Who would have been motivated? Who could be behind it? I know we're speculating here, but we're I mean, speculating. It's obvious. It's obvious. The, the media, the regulators, the central banks and government, they benefit by this. So by or cratering... maybe reverse order that <laughs> reverse order. That. Right. Right. Yeah. So by cratering FTX, you're talking about just putting a lot of egg on the face of everyone in and around. Right. Just like you space. said earlier, like people are not able to disassociate Bitcoin with crypto, right? This is a company 
Not this had nothing to do with crypto. So right? could this be used? Could this be then be used as a catalyst for bringing on additional regulations? Obviously. Oh, of course it's going to be. Yeah. Yeah. Now, what we know is that regulation doesn't do anything productive or good. It'll just concentrate power. That's what all regulation does. Um, and and that's why I I I I would rather trust code than I would humans. For example, let's say you and I were going to lend our Bitcoin to trade. I'm not going to lend it through a centralized company. I'm going to lend it through Compound or Ave, right? Because I, I trust a smart contract to give me back my collateral, right? At the same time, we, we also, there has to be a transition period where there's companies that usher in the acceptance and the adoption. We're nowhere near where we should be at this point in mm -hmm. 2022, in my opinion. So those companies and protocols that assist in that need to abide by essentially like natural law within economic and finance and be worthy of somebody's stamp of approval, whether it's something, I, I hate using this analogy like the ratings agencies, but something like that, that is black and white code hmm. and enforceable via additional layers of smart contracts by proof of reserves. Like for example, an exchange, here's a simple thing. They need to disclose the equity owners, every country they're in jurisdiction, balance sheet, proof of reserves, any collateralization agreements, any market making agreements need to be disclosed, fee revenue, fee generation, and then they need to have a matching engine and order book that prevents orders from being crossed or transacted unless both wallets on exchange match instantly. Mm. If that does not happen, then you can't post an order. Right there, that fixes it. Very similar to politics. Ban lobbying, term limits, can only spend what money you take in in taxes. That basically fixes politics. So it's this isn't rocket science. Mm -hmm. yeah. funny. Maybe it is. I don't know. Rocket yeah, science. yeah. Well, you're, you're just balancing inflows and outflows and making information transparent, accessible from all sides. Yeah. And, and there are those that are really good at it. Like Kraken was the first one to throw out proof reserves. Over the weekend, maybe it's Friday even, because now I've been up for five, six days. I can't tell what day it is. That's what people need to be leading with is ethics and values like that and transparency like that. Right. Wow. You're remarkably lucid for someone who's been up for five or six days. Um, well, piss me off and I have infinite energy. <laughs> I just have to insert here that I don't, like, I know you operate in the space and you know a lot more about this than I do, but I don't in any way support or use DeFi because I don't. I'm not convinced that the D has been achieved, the decentralization portion. So I just have to say that we don't really have to talk about it. But I just want to be clear that I don't. I don't. I don't agree with you there. I guess I don't see. I think it's still just another CFI and a new wrapper. Maybe it's making steps towards the D, but it's not there yet. Well, I would say you're right. Eighty nine percent of the way. Um, there are truly decentralized permissionless protocols. There are. And there are, are functions that they provide that are decentralizing, disintermediating, and disruptive. That being said, is it limited to what I would call trade financing? Yeah, it is. Is it at least a move in the right direction to decentralize the apparatus of power? Yes. Is it that decentralized? You know, is it actually decentralizing power? No. Uh, it's very specific to what it can do and perform, but it's performed flawlessly mm. is my point. So I'm I'm cherry picking the one shining yeah. light that and exists. That's, and that's the knowledge I don't have because I have no personal interaction with it. So the performance knowledge is not, not there. For because me. We, so we need to dis disrupt everything from communication to banking, to commerce, to investing. All of it needs to be disruptive. What Compound and Ave and Uniswap at all have have accomplished is just one piece of the puzzle, right? Mm -hmm. I don't want to dwell on it though, because it takes us a little bit far afield from the topic. I do yes. want to talk about before we wrap up here. I have questions about Mr. Bankman Fried's political activities. What was he doing? He I saw a video earlier said he's gonna donate fifty million. His aspiration was to donate fifty million, then five hundred million every year for ten years. So, um, so let's, the facts that we know is that he was the second largest donor to the Biden campaign. Right. That on FTX's balance sheet, there was 7.2 or 3 million. I don't have it in front of me, so forgive me if it's off by a little bit. 
to this Trump lose 2024, which I'm not even really sure what that is other than some sort of ad or marketing campaign to debase and, you know, go against Trump. Um, but he definitely was a activist in that space, which calls into question everything anyways. Like, I, I don't know any major crypto investor and advocate that is really a political activist at all right right or left and the whole right left paradigm is embarrassing just like i'm embarrassed and ashamed of this it's embarrassing that humans can bifurcate themselves and be tribalists but here that those things are red flags and so then it calls into question are you buying favor and blessing or are you buying look the other way or are they in on it and they know like it's so bad to see that that I really, you put everybody in line. Like if the Biden campaign, are you saying that they didn't do their due diligence on their donor? Where'd the money come from? Did it come from a bank? Was it Bitcoin? Was it Solana? What the hell asset was it? And it's on them. I think they should disclose that. And what whatever it's doing on the balance sheet of a exchange, the equity owners of that exchange, Sequoia, blah, 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 the pension fund, wh whoever's the equity owner, they should, should question that. And, and obviously lawyers dive into that. And these things, you know, first, I got to say, I quote Shakespeare, a mark on all your houses, all you people who embolden this shit. They need to have consequence. And I hope that there are good attorneys and there are, you know, sound of mind regulators that uncover this and put the blame and the consequences where it's due, hopefully recover some assets for the user base and assist in making everybody be aware because the longer we go without transparency, the more distrust is going to be in the system. And Robert, you and I have talked at length about the complexities of, of the international cabal, right? And, and to me, it's at all like the globalists are the central bankers are the military industrial complex are big pharma, which is now big liars and anybody who supports allopathic medicines and moron, in my opinion, uh, and they're they're this mass formation psychosis governor, right? So we we have to really break it down and get as much transparency that can empower the public as we possibly can and demand it. Like we didn't get it on elections. We're never going to get it on this, whatever shenanigans happen now. I'm not even paying attention to it anymore. Um, we're not going to get it on the vaccines. This stuff's on chain. You can follow a wire to the campaign LLC or S Corp, whatever it is, whatever it is, we can track all of this stuff. Therefore, we need to demand that we can get it. And the equity owners of FTX deserve it. The user base of FTX deserve it. And there's too much shenanigans that don't make any sense that call into question all of this. So that it was it was it just all a ruse? Mm, wow. And it's hard to argue that it wasn't knowing all of this. Yeah, it's. <laughs> crazy it's crazy that it happened this soon after the last one but apparently related to the last one and just delayed and exacerbated um i read something too that there was some evidence of support i guess dollars going from the u.s to ukraine as a means of support and that some of those funds were being redirected back to democrats in the u.s via ftx i don't know if this was via the token or just the platform i'm not sure did you read anything about that? And uh, is there any legitimacy to those rumors? I, I did. Um, honestly, I haven't re revisited a deep dive into any of the on-chain activities. I hope chain I'm sure chain analysis is all over it. Um, I so I don't. I can't factually say that happened. It wouldn't surprise me. But the the fact that you Ukraine and FTX set up a partnership and wallets to do this when Ukraine is already a giant money laundering entity and country that's basically since 2014 what it's been probably before that it just calls into question everything around that not not just the morals and ethics of it do i think that politicians are savvy enough to have wallets to receive crypto no mm -hmm. <laughs> um maybe, maybe a few in you know florida I always have somebody perhaps. set it up for you though true but you know that needs to be investigated and people deserve the truth and because on-chain transactions are on-chain you should be able to confirm that and, and obviously bank wires so um 
it's unfortunate that there's so much opacity to this and there's so many layers. And I hope that, you know, we've identified some of these layers that people can get empowered by to call into question and, and, and discuss and demand to be uh, uncovered because without, without that, then the, the, all of this destruction that we've all, we've all just lived through will be for nothing. Well said. Well, um, and I guess the big morals of the story, are what you said at the top of the show, right? Not your key, not your coin. I would say Bitcoin, not shit coin. Um, I still, I'm, I'm Bitcoin, not shit coin, but I like, I love decentralization as a freedom maxi. Mm-hmm. We have to be decentralized and it's, it's just, I'm going to highlight whatever example that we can. I mean, even yeah. what Elon's doing with Twitter, like trying to decentralize that even just a, a little bit. I'm, I'm going to be a fan of that. Yeah. Um, I do agree with that. Whole, I do agree with that. I guess I hold a, it's a high bar. It's such a tricky word. It's not black or white, centralized, not no. decentralized. It's a continuum. But the word, because it's a tricky word, people throw it around and put it on here's, everything. Here's what it is for me. Choice. Hmm. Right? Like, look at, like, let me reach, grab my cell phone. This stupid thing. Oh, you have T-Mobile, AT&T, Verizon. We don't really have choice. It's a freaking oligarchy. Mm-hmm. Oh, you have 80 streaming services providers? Not really. You have four. Right. I mean, there's a great South Park movie about streaming services that really makes fun of it quite well. You know, I want choice. And if there's choice, there's competition. If there's choice and competition, that equals decentralization. Right. Yeah. So Com- competition keeps producers honest. And blockchain keeps producers honest. And Bitcoin is the benchmark for all of it. Mm. I think that is a great place to put a button on it. Mr. Chris Sullivan, thank you again for joining me. Could you let my audience know where they can find out more about you or your work? Sure. And now that speaking of Elon, I may even finally get a Twitter because <laughs> um, I'm just not a big social media person. I don't honestly have time, but I I love to help people. And I, I love, you know, seeing anybody who's putting out truth like yourself. Um, the website's hyperiondecimus.com. You can email me directly through there and I'm happy to help anybody in any way we can. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Yeah, you're welcome.